0: Okay. All right, all right, all right. So welcome to Coach Brian's podcast the main's podcast. My name is Coach Brian and uh, I would like to welcome you to this very very special edition and I've been propping this um, um, this this podcast up on social media and what have you. And I've received some phone calls from people talking about cheating and and, and some some ladies calling and saying, "Oh, Coach Brian, help me understand why does my husband cheat on me?" Um and, and it's been a very um, important learning curve, even for myself, just realizing why us men do the things that we do and what is the motivating factor be behind what we do. Okay, now, I don't come to you with this podcast from uh, from a high seat, okay, that, that says, hey, I'm going to teach men uh, and I'm going to teach society uh, about this topic because uh, me, I'm perfect because I'm not, actually. Uh, So, I'm talking from a point of view of experience. I'm 44 years old and 44 years old men have been men for 44 years and that's a long time to have a little bit of experience about men because I've been a man all my life. So, I know one or two things about why men do what they do. And I just want to spill the beans today. I'm just going to spill the beans, and I hope my my my, my male folk are not going to be upset with me and expel me from the men's conference because uh, this podcast is not about embarrassing men, and it is also not about belittling what women women feel um, about um, or about what wives feel about their husbands cheating on them. It's not about that. This is actually about a perspective that is got the potential to heal families, to mend broken homes, um, if you may. Okay, so two things that I would like us to keep in mind. One, that this podcast is about the family and everything is about the family. Really, the attack is on the family. Okay, the attack is on the man. There's a scripture that says if you want to destroy a house, if you want to destroy a home, first you have to tie up the strong man of the house and then you can go ahead and destroy the home. And and when there's an attack on the man, it means there's an attack on the family. And um, we need to have a, that wider perspective. The man is under attack. And and as we go down and deeper into this topic, you begin to realize that the man is exposed. The man is exposed. And uh, and the attack comes on the man. Uh, but, but we need to protect the man and we need to empower the man with understanding. And then we also need to empower the women... And the wives with understanding so that they can protect their men okay very very important so it's really about family the attack is on family whether you talk about abortion gay rights or cheating all these things uh about family okay they, they they want to destroy Africa by just destroying the family they they, they 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 legalize abortion they legalize gay rights and so on and so forth so that they the family, the way it should be, is destroyed and disintegrated. Because a society without family has no foundation. Family is the foundation of society. Okay, so family is the foundation of the social. Is a is a foundation of social institution through which our lives are formed. Whatever you're going to be when you grow up was done basically in your formative years in the family. Family is very foundational, very important um so by destroying the fabric of family society as a whole is being destroyed society as a whole is being destroyed so let's talk let's start by talking about three things why men cheat then we're going to talk about um about about a lot more things after that we're going to talk about under uh, those three things we're going to talk about three things w- that men find in cheating and then we're going to talk about Three examples of the true picture of how a home should really be, how a marriage should really be. Three examples. And this, these things are going to help us just put everything into perspective and maybe probably learn one or two things. So we're going to talk about three things, uh, you know, three reasons why men cheat and then three things men find in cheating. And then we're going to talk about three examples that, uh, you know, that give the true picture. Of of what marriage should really be. Let's start with reason number one. The first reason why men cheat. Is basically. Because of happiness. Uh, Okay. 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 I understand. Isn't it. Happiness that we are after. Okay. Uh, Isn't it. Don't we all just want to be happy? So I was asked somebody, why would you want to get married? They said, I want to be happy. Okay, great. It's a good reason. And it's it's a justified reason. There's no shame in wanting to be married because of happiness. But uh, it is the wrong reason. It is the wrong reason and that is why cheating comes up. That is how cheating comes up. Because we have based the very foundation of our lives on happiness and we've based the foundation of our marriages and our homes on happiness. When there's no happiness, what's going to happen? People are going to jump ship and look for happiness elsewhere. Let me tell you something about what happiness. Happiness is like mist. Today it's there. Tomorrow it's not there. Okay, today there's happiness. Tomorrow there's sadness. Today there's happiness. Tomorrow there's loss. Today there's happiness. Tomorrow there's confusion. Happiness is not a constant in in, in life. So, if you marry or you live your life uh, so that you can be happy, so you can have fun, it's a very dangerous approach to life because it's not a realistic approach to life. Now, I'm a very positive person and I insist on on, on being positive and I insist on, on a positive outlook of life. Um, and by saying this, I am not negating myself from the idea of positivity because... Uh, positivity is not an illusion, but happiness is. So you need to be positive even when you're being realistic. And in this case, um, going into marriage, when a man goes into marriage for happiness, he is likely to cheat. Because by day number three, you will find that the happiness has dried out. And what is going to happen? He's going to see something exciting outside the marriage, And he wants to have fun and so he will go for it, hoping that that's where the happiness is. I want to prove this to you a little further and show you that marriage, family, wasn't created for happiness. Now, before I prove this, I want to qualify my point. Happiness is a byproduct of a good and functional family. Happiness is a byproduct of a functional marriage. Happiness is a byproduct of a home that is working properly. When a home is okay, everything is going on just fine. What's likely to happen is that people will be happy when things are happening properly. In fact, the word happiness uh, is derived from happenings. So when things are happening in that direction, then people will be happy. But when things begin to happen, In the other direction, then people will not be happy. Now, let's prove this using scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. I'm going to read this scripture for you. It says, um, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, when you read those three verses, Genesis chapter 26, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 27 and 28 You realize something Happiness is not mentioned At the foundation of family Happiness Is missing In this text I would like to submit to you That happiness is simply A byproduct A byproduct of a functional Home it is not the foundation. It's not the reason. Now, why does it become a problem? So, let's give examples here. Gentleman marries is a beautiful young lady. Uh, she's beautiful. She's intelligent and she's got a great job. She's got everything that a guy would want in 2022. But um, reality dawns. Not every day is a Sunday, some days are Mondays. Okay? And he realizes they can't be happy every single day. And so what happens now? He sees the secretary at work. Or maybe he sees a co-worker in the other department. Maybe he sees a young lady in the neighborhood. Maybe he sees, he sees somebody who makes him think they will give him happiness. And he coins a conversation with them. Or they coin a conversation with him. And he thinks this is going to be fun. And that is how the trouble begins. Because he's looking for happiness. He's looking for fun. Because it's absent. It is absent in the home. The happiness is not there. He forgets that the happiness is like a mist. Today it's there. Tomorrow it's not and On the day that it's not there, he begins to look for it outside. The reason why men cheat is because they thought marriage is going to just be happiness every day. Now, when the days there, they find that there are days when there's no happiness, so they get up and they go outside to look for fun. They go outside to look for happiness. And there begins the problem. Happiness. Women cheat for the same reason. They think that out there, there's going to be a man who's going to treat me like a queen. He's going to give me uh, the kind of sex that I've been looking for. He's going to give me the kind of money that I've been looking for. He's going to give me the kind of treatment. Uh, You know, I want to have fun. This man is boring and I want it out there. And this man is saying, oh, she's not beautiful anymore. I want a hot girl. I want a girl with curves. I want a girl with with mannerisms. I want a girl who loves to party. Who can give it to me like this and like that? They are looking for things that they feel will make them feel some happiness. And so they get up in pursuit of happiness and they cheat. We Will delve into a little bit of detail on that, but let's go to reason number two why men cheat. Men cheat because of rejection, men will cheat because of rejection. Um, so you could be five years old, okay? Just look back, you're a man, just look back five years to the time when you were five years old and you walk into your into your father's office or maybe into into the living room and your father is there and you want to tell him something exciting, something important, but he shuts you up and says, shut up little boy, get out of here. That is how seeds of rejection are planted in people. When you've gone with a little piece of exciting information you want to share with your dad and he's not interested He's stressed about all kinds of things, about work, about bills. And you go there, you're trying. He's just five years old. You just want to have a moment with your dad. And he tells you, get out of here. You're disturbing me. Get out of here. And the seed of rejection is planted now. I'll tell you what. Rejection is a very negative feeling. Okay? Tears someone from the inside. That little five-year-old boy walks out of there thinking, oh my God. I'm not good enough for my dad. I'm not good enough for everybody. No one wants to listen to me. No one wants to give me attention. And the boy grows up feeling rejected. That is one of the places where rejection begins. You could be 16, 17 years old. You're a young man, you're a young lady. And you're interested in somebody and they're not interested in you. You make your proposal and they refuse. They reject you. And you go through life thinking I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not fun, people don't like me, you know, I don't know how to speak, I don't I don't know how to dress. For whatever reason, we we have the propensity to speak negativity to ourselves more than we speak positivity to ourselves. So when a moment of rejection happens, it's like we multiply it. Someone rejects you, you help them to reject you some more by just Lending a lot of negative things to what they've already done. And you say, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm, I don't, maybe I've got a bad breath. Maybe maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that, and you feel rejected and you reject yourself. All right? Some people experience rejection in marriage. You're a newlywed couple. And um, you make an advance on your husband and it turns out and says, I'm tired. And you feel a, a piercing pain in your soul. He has rejected me. Maybe I'm not good enough for him anymore. He doesn't want me anymore. Mm-hmm. You're a young groom. You married four or five months. And you, you want to be intimate with your wife. And she turns around and I'm tired. Let me sleep. And at that moment, you really wanted that intimacy. But she's... She's not interested. She's not having it. And you feel so rejected, the pain comes in. Unfortunately, the way we respond to, to rejection is what is even more worrying because we begin to go out looking for approval, looking for acceptance in all sorts of places. Okay? And it can be so bad. Um, sometimes if it's not attended to, Quickly, it can be so bad that people can lose their lives. Others will go into alcohol because, you know, there's this, this song everybody sings these days, this, you know, there's no rejection in alcohol. <laughs> there's no rejection in alcohol. You just drink and drink and feel that, hey, yeah, at least, at least this here, I'm fine, I'm acceptable. Okay? Unfortunately, that's how negative rejection is and that's how lives are destroyed. Um, by rejection. So, a guy now would go out of his home, leave his wife, go look for some girl who will give him that sense of acceptance. You know, he wants to be embraced, he wants to be held. He his heart is longing for someone to embrace him because he felt rejected. Now, the problem with rejection is that you want, sometimes it blinds you to see that the person in front of you actually does accept. But because you overrate the feeling inside you, you're too blind to see the people that do accept you. You want people to accept you on your terms and not on theirs. And, and this is why rejection is a very, very dangerous um, you know, condition to have. It's a very, very uh, dangerous condition to have. If you look back in the Bible and you, you read the story of Baal and Jezebel and, and, and Elijah and the prophets of Bel you'll understand from the from biblical history that this is the period this, the period of baal and jezebel this is the period when there was so much rejection okay and and, and people rejected themselves the whole i the, the whole thing of gay uh, of homosexuality comes from that period of baal the issue of abortion comes from that period of baal the issue of cutting oneself and drugs comes from that period of baal the spirit of Baal brings rejection. And people reject themselves. Through abortion, they reject the extension of themselves. I don't want to have children. I don't want any to extend myself. I don't want more of me. I don't want to reproduce according to the order of family. You don't want you reject yourself. You don't that's what abortion is. It's rejection. You reject the child. You reject yourself. You reject the extension of yourself. Abortion comes out of the spirit of rejection. Uh, homosexuality comes out of the spirit of rejection. You reject your state as a man. You don't want it. Because maybe you think that maybe being a girl is cooler. So you want to be a girl. And, and, and just, you you go through a sex change. Some people don't even go through sex change. It's just change the way they talk. And, and they think they've changed. I I That part I don't understand it. But it's rejection, self-rejection. Cutting yourself and drugs and so on and so forth. That's self-rejection, inflicting pain on yourself because reject yourself. It's dangerous. But cheating as well comes out of the same spirit of rejection. And you don't see the people that have accepted you. You want them to accept you on your terms. you go out looking for it in the bar, you go out looking for it in the nightclubs, you go out looking for it in all kinds of wrong places and you cheat. And most men who cheat, most men who cheat, don't cheat on their wives with one girl. They'll cheat on their wives with two, three, four, five girls because their habit is deep seated. The problem is not the wife, the problem is the rejection that they have inside of them. And as long as it remains unattended to, it will continue going on and on. Unfortunately, they lose time, they lose energy, they lose money going through these cycles over and over again, and these cycles over and over again. They destroy their lives. They think they are finding acceptance and happiness. What they really are doing is spending their lives at a high rate and destroying their own lives. Under this topic of rejection, let me tell you three things that men find in cheating. There's something men find in cheating. That contributes to the reason why they cheat. First and foremost, they find happiness and fun. Cheating is fun. It's exciting. Because this girl will give it to you the way that your wife doesn't. And you think that's exciting. So, I want that. And I'm going to go back for it. She promised me something unique. <laughs> it's she's fun. Men find acceptance. Now, I don't know if it is real acceptance or false acceptance. We can have a long discussion about that. But that's what they think they find. Because when they make a move, she says yes. When they say, let's go this way, she says, yes. They feel that they are accepted. They feel that now I'm in a place where I don't have to feel like I'm a nobody. What they don't know is that they are spending money and time and energy to end that acceptance. So it is illusional acceptance. True acceptance is unconditional. Someone must accept you. The way you are before the money, before your efforts, the way you are as human, as a human being, someone must accept you like that. And then everything else is just an added advantage. All right. But men go out there believing that they're being accepted. They make a move on a girl. She says, yes. So let's do this one. She says, yes, I will do it. Let's do the other one. She says, I will do that one too. I said, oh, you know, she accepts me. And so they get addicted to that feeling of acceptance. They want it tomorrow again. They want it next week again. Now they want to say, okay, let me see if I'm really good at this. They try another girl. And she says, yes. And they say, oh, I'm a champion. You know, because that's acceptance. It's like a drug. You get addicted to it. You get addicted to it. You walk in a place and people just... You know, they, they embrace you. You're one of them. It's... It's not a bad feeling. No one should be condemned for it. But the truth of the matter is... If you get addicted to it, it can destroy your life. Okay? Men also find celebration. Celebration. They find celebration... In cheating. Oh man. Praise. As men are very weak when it comes to praises and celebration. Oh, you look good. Oh, do I? <laughs> do I look good? Hmm? Oh, you did so well, t- you know, in the presentation. Did I? <laughs> you spoke so well. Oh, ah, really? I did. Oh, <laughs> wow. <All right. laughs> celebration. Okay. Take a leaf, ladies and gentlemen. Take a leaf, ladies. Take a leaf. Wise. Your husbands are weak to celebration. So when you hold back and say he's not done anything, why should I celebrate him? He should celebrate me too. Okay, uh, yeah, fine. And you are right. He should celebrate you too because everybody needs to be celebrated. But I'm telling you a secret here and I'm spilling it out. That when you celebrate your man, you're going to just, you know, he's going to get addicted to that celebration. But if you don't, and the other girl on the outside does, you might lose a battle. True talk. You might lose a battle. Because somebody out there is telling him you're good. Somebody out there is telling him you look great. Somebody out there is telling him you are delivering so well at work. Secret. Celebrate your man especially on the very small things. Very small things. Don't always wait for him to achieve the big things, like buying you a car. Then you say, Oh, now I can celebrate. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for him to build you a house. Then now you can celebrate. No, no, no. Start with the little things. He makes an achievement even for himself, celebrate him a man gets addicted to celebration. Those are the three things men find in cheating. They find happiness and fun, one. They find acceptance, two. Then they find celebration, three. Now, these three things are so addictive that if a man doesn't pay attention to himself, he will literally spend his entire life pursuing fun, pursuing acceptance, and pursuing celebration every day of his life. So, we've talked about um, the fact that men cheat because of happiness. We've talked about the fact that men cheat because of rejection. And we've dealt with the issue of the things people find, men find in cheating. Now, let's go to the third reason why men cheat. This is going to be deeper. So, ladies and gentlemen, please pick a piece of paper and pen because we're going into class on this one. Men cheat because of submission. Mm. Men cheat because of submission. I couldn't even find the best way to put it. So maybe let let me say it this way. Men cheat because they misunderstand what submission means. In fact, even a better way of putting it is that men cheat because both men and women Husbands and wives. Boyfriends and girlfriends. Fathers and mothers. Misunderstand the meaning of submission. And I want to try hard tonight to break it down so that we understand exactly what submission is. Let me start by saying submission is not Submission is not subserviency. Submission is not um, being subordinate. Submission is not being lower. When the Bible says, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands, it doesn't mean that the Bible is saying, wives be inferior to your own husbands. The Bible is not saying wives be inferior to your own husbands. That is not what the Bible is saying. So let us establish this from the set go. I'll repeat. When the Bible says wives submit yourselves to your own husbands it is not saying that wives be inferior to your own husbands. That's not what the Bible is saying. But what is the Bible saying? It is saying submit. The issue of submission is easily misunderstood. So, I'm going to give very interesting and clear illustrations of how submission should really be represented so that we benefit from that and we can now, from there, deal with the problem of cheating in the home that's caused by the misunderstanding. Of submission. So let's talk about what how misunderstanding of submission can lead to cheating. So, this guy thinks that the wife should kneel, so this guy thinks that the wife should eulogize him, maybe <laughs> he thinks that he should be, he should, should be called sa or ba or whatever war, whatever you know, thing he thinks means respect. And you know, we get drunk as men with respect and people say, oh no, uh, respect and, yes. The truth of the matter is that every human being needs to be respected. It's not just men want to respect your husband, yeah, but respect your wife too. Okay. So it's not exclusive. Um Love, even men need to be loved. You can just, oh no, no, wives, Respect your husbands. Husbands love your wives. Yes, yes, yes. The Bible says the husbands love your wives because we have a weakness in that area. We can easily forget to. So it reminds us to. It doesn't mean we don't need to be loved because women love easily. But the truth of the matter is both men and women need both love and respect. But this young man, young groom, is expecting the wife to treat him in a manner that he was taught by his by his uncles and his bushiba, that She must honor you. She must respect you. She must kneel before you. She must treat you with 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 respect. Um, yes, she must. When you say man is the head. We don't mean that the man is at the top and the wife is below in the sense of superiority and inferiority. The man is the head because the head has the eyes to see. The man is the head because the head has the ears to hear. The man is the head because the head has a mouth to speak. So as the head of the house, you must see, be observant. As the head of your home and as the head of your wife, you must hear, listen to her. As the head of the house and as the head of the family, you must speak. You must speak direction in your home. That's the meaning of being the head. It's not about superiority. It's about leadership. A leader is not necessarily someone who's superior. And it is someone who actually sees, hears, and speaks direction. A man is the head not because he's superior. He's the head because he has the responsibility to see, hear, and speak. But a young man doesn't know that. A young groom doesn't realize that. So he gets drunk up with pride because he was told you are the head and he thinks he should boss everybody around, and so when the wife can't take it, he says she does not submit, and he gets out of the house to look for somebody else who's going to kneel before him, serve him in a manner who's going to be subservient, someone who's going to, you know, call him respectful uh, titles. And I'm saying this as if it's an imagination; it's a reality. It's a reality How we have cheated ourselves about the subject of submission And it ends up destroying our own lives Now I'm not giving a license to women to be disrespectful Because like I said Respect is essential Just as love is essential And both of them must be given in both directions Insufficiency And one is not more important than the other As men, we want to feel love. As men, we want to feel respected. But I can imagine that women want to feel love. Women want to feel respected as well. So it's a two-way thing. But a misunderstanding of submission. the guy feels that she doesn't submit. Or the wife feels that he forces me to submit. I'm going to somebody who's going to treat me like a princess. She goes and cheats. He goes and cheats. Because the misunderstanding has caused a difference. And now the energies in the home are at a different level. People can't coordinate their thoughts. People can't speak face to face. They can't look in each other's eye. And so they just go find their place elsewhere. Let me give the examples that should give us a true picture of submission. Three examples that give us a true picture of what submission means. Now, submission, that word gives me hope. Because this is the way it is written, explains it. A family is going in this direction. The husband and the wife, they are going in this direction. They are on the mission. The wife has a sub-mission. Mission within a mission. I'll say that again. The couple is going in this direction. The family is going in this direction. You know, this 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 home, this family, husband and wife. They're going in this direction. They have a mission, but within that mission, the wife has a sub mission that's relevant to the whole mission. She has a critical sub mission. Let me break it down further and give the first example: the car. Car. Give an example of the car. So the man is exposed; he's the car. Okay, whether it is a Vitz, whether it's a Mark X, whether it's a Lamborghini, whether it's a G-Wagon, the man is the is what people see. Is the car? Is the flamboyance? Is the design? Is is the power, is, is the one people see and admire. He represents the family. But the wife is the engine. The wife is the engine hidden in that bonnet. 650 horsepower engine in there. That's going to drive that car into its destination. So you see, Whilst the car needs the body and the design and the beauty and the chassis and everything that is powerful about that body, the the, the tires and everything, the suspension, it still needs the engine to get to its destination. So each one is playing their role. The husband is the chassis and the body and the suspension and the complexities of the technology. But the wife is the horsepower and the engine inside that car to take it to its destination. Her mission is to provide the power for the vehicle to move. The husband provides all the muscle, the tires and the suspension and the chassis and the strength and the everything and the lights and whatnot. But the wife provides the horsepower, the engine. The, she's the one that drives. She's the heart of that vehicle. She's the heart of the vehicle. Without the engine, the vehicle will be beautiful, but it will not move. To be parked there, it can't move. We can push it a little bit with the tires, but we'll get tired because it's not meant to be pushed. The engine needs to be serviced and fixed so that now the vehicle can hit and run into its destination. What's the use of having a Lamborghini without an engine? What's the use of having a Jeep wagon without an engine? The engine is the wife. The body and the suspension and the chassis and the the wheels and the 19-inch wheels, that's the husband. Everybody admires the husband. The flamboyancy and the strength and the design. But the power is coming from the wife. Understand. Submission may actually in this case mean submerged, hidden under, in the bonnet. Second example I can give this is, is the example of a house. An example of a house. A house is built on a foundation. Everybody sees a three-story house. And the roof and, and the glasses around it and whatever design is up there. Nobody sees the foundation. Of the houses provide shelter and for people to live in and to find rest and 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 you know to fellowship. But the foundation has a sub-mission to hold the house in place. And you see, the funny thing about this example is that if the foundation is shallow, the building can't go too high. The the deeper the foundation, the higher the building can go. So if you want to reach far in life, marry a wife who's deep. A shallow girl, a shallow woman will limit your life. Thankfully, here in Africa, we live, we, we practice a culture where the marriage rights put a lot of emphasis on preparing the wife, giving her depth and wisdom and so on and so forth. So she's well grounded as a foundation upon which the home can be built. The woman nurtures the home. She's the foundation. She, Without her, the building cannot stand. The building cannot stand. The third example that I'm going to give the third example I'm going to give is a, a throne. A throne. Now this must be familiar to any culture really, but here in Africa I think would understand it even much better. A throne. A home is like a throne. Marriage is like a throne. Now there's no throne. No throne. That, that chair, that seat that you see, that throne, that you see there, it cannot be there without an altar. Here in Africa, here in Zambia, where we have chiefs and traditional leaders, they can't have a throne without a shrine. Within a few days, you'll be removed from that seat if you do not have a shrine. A shrine is a place. An altar is a place that releases power to the throne. A throne cannot stand without an altar. A throne cannot stand. Without an altar. The woman is the altar. The man is the throne. But that throne will topple off into four. fall. It will not stand. There will be no power in that throne if the altar is destroyed. Without the altar, there is no throne. Think about it. All the power takes place at the altar. At the altar, that is where we sacrifice everything. And a woman that prays sets up a man to succeed. A woman who knows that she's a source of power begins to release the correct words out of her mouth. Remember one of my mentors told me something very interesting that she used to kneel before her husband and begin to pray for him. And he's lying there in bed and she's praying powerful prayers. Praying thank God for this powerful man, this man that you've raised. And before she knew it, the man became exactly the things she spoke. Because God answered that prayer, but also the man heard the prayers. And he was like, whoa, she believes in me this much? I better step up. The ways of power come from the old. Your husband is longing for a word of encouragement. Your husband is longing for a word of strength. A strengthening word. A word of power. Men face a lot of challenges every day. A lot of pressures. I tell people there's no building in town where they just release free money to men so that they go and give the women at home. There's no building in town like that. When a man steps out and brings back food, he has sweated. He has worked. And people have called him names. They have belittled him. They have ignored him. They have treated him in all manner of ways. But he doesn't care. What he needs to do is put food on the table for his children. But when he's back home, he's drained. He's spent. He's demoralized. You would do well to strengthen him. From the place of the altar Pray for him But also speak a word of encouragement Speak a strong word of power Into his life Uh, But what we've seen Most of these days Is people just calling men names Oh he's just a cheat Oh he's useless Oh he will amount to nothing Oh what If the altar is producing those words The altar is a place of power Those words will become real So if you continue saying, yeah, he's just a useless guy, trust me, he will remain useless for you because that's what you speak. The reason God has given women the grace to speak more than men is because he wants them to continue speaking into their men's lives because words are powerful. If you complain, your home will break. Watch the words you speak. You are the source of power. Watch the words that come out of your mouth. You are the source of power. Very important. And when we misunderstand submission, we don't see what I've just talked about here. We gloss over things. We gloss over things. We Men find themselves not appreciating that the wife is a source of power. So what do they do? Because they have no appreciation of that reality and that, that deep truth, they gloss over it. They go out and they sleep around because they don't understand these things. They, 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 you know, when they don't understand that the wife is the foundation, they go out there and do all sorts of things. When they don't understand that their wife is the engine that would drive them into their destination, they they go out there. But there's a flip side to these things. When the wife is not acting her role as the engine, the problem with the man is that his, his instinct is to look for that which makes sense for his existence. So if there's no engine function from the wife, you find that he's always in search mode looking for, who's going to give me that support that I need? And so you find a good man searching. He leaves his wife at home, he goes searching because the wife says, no, no, I can't be your support. You do your thing, I do my thing, independent woman. Okay, great, 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 great. But don't be surprised when he gets up, as you are independent of him, he gets up to go and find someone who can support him, who can be part of him. Because you want to be independent, so he's going to find somebody who can be part of his life, so that he can get that power, that Lamborghini engine power from that person. When a wife neglects the role of being the engine, the man goes into search mode, because he needs support for his dream. He's got a mission. He needs someone to give him that power. And since you're not the one giving him the power, he goes out looking for it. If you do not give him the support of the foundation, he's flimsy. He knows he can't make the strong decisions. He, he can't take the risks right now. So before he takes the risks, he goes looking, who's going to support me? You know, and because men don't even know what they're looking for. So they, they, they look in their own family, they look at their brothers and, and their sisters, and they all have their own lives. They 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 look at their friends, they all have their own lives. No one is supporting me from that from that league. So they, they they look at their co-workers. Everybody has got their own function at work. They look at their wife, she's independent. And so he goes, Maybe let me just find somebody out there. Maybe somebody who will who will support me as a foundation? And so you get surprised when he cheats. <laughs> he cheated because you are independent. You are an independent woman. Independent of him. You want someone he can connect with. like Foundation. Strong. You don't want that. he cheat on you. When a woman doesn't want to be the source of power. For the man. She doesn't want to be the throne. The, 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 the order. She wants to be the throne. No. Eco rights okay definitely it's, there's no equal rights there's no female rights and male rights it's just human rights everybody must be respected everybody must must have must everybody is human but if you use that in your marriage to try and have an advantage that is unnecessary because you should know that you are all the same just different sides of the same coin What you are doing is that you're refusing to be the source of power. You want to be the throne? You can not be the throne. You want to be the throne? It's not your function. It's not your function to be the throne. It is the function of the man. Your function is is more important than the function of the altar. Speak the right words. Be the source of power. Be the reliance that the man requires. Now, let me remind you as we wind up that there are three things that are addictive to men. When you have understood these three examples I've given that show us what submission should really be, because submission is not subservience, submission is not inferiority, submission is not, sevi- is not uh, uh, being lower. Submission is... Having a mission within a mission. The man, that's why you shouldn't marry a man without a mission. You shouldn't marry a man who doesn't have a vision. First, he has to have a vision. Why? When a man comes to you, if you're a single, a single woman, he comes to you and says, I want to marry you. Ask him, what's your vision? Because if I'm going to be part of you, like, I want to know your vision. I want to know what I'm coming in to support and nurture. A man without a vision does not deserve to marry. It's my opinion, but I think I am. 99% correct. Before you marry as a man, be clear about your vision, your purpose, and your mission in life. So that when you bring someone into your life, it's very clear what they are coming for. What they are coming to be part of. Alright? And then you can drive into that direction. But there are three things that are very addictive for men. Fun. So be the source of the fun. As a woman, be the source of the fun. Be Compromise. There's some things that men want. Hey, come on. They won't hurt. Just compromise. Agree. And okay. I'll, I'll, I can do a little bit of what you're looking for. But that's also the fun. I did understand the man. What makes him happy? So problem, people think that men only want sex. Let me tell you, we want some me, I sometimes I just want the sunset. For me, there are times I just want the sunset. And and I have to have it often. It makes me so happy and relaxed. When when the sun goes down, I I feel like it's morning. It re-energizes me. Sunset. So it's not all the time that we want sex. Sometimes we just... So you, you need to know your man for yourself. What makes him happy? keep bringing that like a little thing that makes him happy and you see he won't be thinking of anything else. He'll get addicted to you. Think of that thing that makes him feel accepted. So, so, just let him know that you accept him the way that he is and that you're willing to, to work with him the way that he is. He doesn't need to prove himself anymore. It's, it's the way he is. And then also, celebrate it. Don't be too big-headed that just saying thank you and man's ego, a man's ego, a husband's ego, really needs to be massaged a lot. But the one who really benefits is the one who massages it a lot. Now, these things might not bring change for you in a week or even in a month, maybe not even in a year but after a while you begin to realize that that man can't live without you because you are the source of happiness you are the one who accepted him the way he is even when everybody rejects him and everybody at work is rejected in his childhood but you embraced him, you accepted him and you celebrate him very very important very important so let's recap why do men cheat Because they got married for the wrong reasons. They thought it was about happiness. They didn't know it was about a mission. And they went out to look for happiness out there. They did not know there's a bigger vision to life. There's a bigger mission to family. Okay. Why do men cheat? Because they are dealing with issues of rejection. And so they're looking for somebody to accept. Accept me. Oh, I'm like this. And and men will spend money to just and acceptance they'll spend they literally corrupting people and bribing people just to be accepted men will cheat because they misunderstand submission they don't know the the power of submission they think it is about subserviency about the superiority and inferiority you know, you know status in the marriage it's not it's about purpose. It's about the woman being the source of power. It's about the woman being the foundation. It's about the woman being the source of the encouraging word. And if the man understood that and said, okay, so I'm going to marry someone who's going to be a source of my energy, source of, of my foundation, the, the engine and that, that pushes my vision forward, and he picks the correct woman, there's not going to be much room to cheat. There's not going to be much room to cheat. So if you're a woman and you've watched this, this podcast. I want to encourage you. There's hope. Go sit down and think about these things. In fact, play this podcast a few times and take notes until you find your solution in it. And if you're a man and you're struggling with cheating, play this podcast a few times. Watch it, or if you're listening on 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 the podcast platform, listen to it over and over again and write some notes. Play it in the car watch it on YouTube over and over again until you begin to identify where your weakness is and begin to fix them and for you knowing your family will be healed you as an individual will will receive that sense of of wholeness again you'll be fine I can promise you you'll be just fine so thank you very much thank you for watching and thank you for listening (laughs) Alright, alright Thank you, thank you, thank you very much And I will see you in the next podcast Please don't miss the next podcast I'll come up with a very interesting topic But I just hope that you learnt one or two things Thank you very much for joining me My name is Scotch Brown I'll see you in the next episode